This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, the thrills never stop. I, Jay Severin, your host, now, right now, and not until now, have compelling evidence to submit to the jury. Uh, that jury being you. And this is rather a separate case. But I hope you'll hear me out briefly. I promise. Very toss. Not Vietnam, no thanks. Welcome back, best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. You are, as aforesaid, we are the Blaze Radio Network. one 3393 Questions, complaints, other criticisms or bon mot you feel appropriate contributions to today's smorgasbord of a show? Schmore. That would be the uh, the spread, the schmear. It's where schmear comes from. The schmear, the schmore, the schmore. The gosh would be the little goshling, the little goshling, the little goose, uh, whose sacrifice makes possible your entree today. And board with the two O's, with the little umlaut, well, that would suggest the table. Hence, more gosh, bored. Anyway, one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. I am uh, humbled and cautioned, but uh, but still, nevertheless, willing to proceed with what I have to say to you, because it's a little off topic. Although, I share it with you on a point of personal privilege, because for me, there couldn't be anything more on topic. And I really do promise to be uncharacteristically brief. I I am very uncharacteristically brief. But I characteristically keep my promises, do I not? Okay, so the irresistible force meets the immovable object here today, right on our stage. Uh, Okay, here's what Jay Severin has to submit to you, the jury. Saturday was one of those days when I had the uh, arrogant temerity to, you know, wish that I couldn't, that I wouldn't be bothered by my errands. It was one of those days where I had saved up so many things that absolutely had to be done. Like checking the oil in the car or I was sure it was going to blow up. 
and or just break. Just, just break. It's a great word, given my highly... Uh, it's my highly developed mechanical skill set. It was just going to bust. It was going to break. So I had to do all these things. And, you know, instead of being joyful that I had the opportunity to do them, uh, instead I just bitched and moaned and complained and like, I can't, I can't believe I have to do this. Why can't I be rich so I have people? Why can't I have a manservant? Why can't I have a valet? to do this for me. I deserve a valet. So while I was me, you know, meanwhile being unworthy of drawing breath, as so often happens when so infrequently these other things happen alongside them, something else happened in the cosmic universe, the parallel universe alongside it. I got home at the end of the day Saturday and I hadn't seen, which was probably what was making me cranky, I hadn't seen my uh, my family all day. I hadn't seen my girls. And I got home and there were some unusual, I don't know, just stuff going around. Some packaging and uh, box, lots, of, lots of arts and crafts stuff around. And I said, uh, somebody's birthday? You know, uh, am I up for an award? I'll take anything. You know, and I was about to say, oh, oh boy, what a day. Oh, brother, what a day I've had. And my child bride approached me and said, do you, do you recall that your firstborn had her uh, you know, has started babysitting. Do you remember? And I said, well, of course. How could I forget? And she said she hasn't done a lot of it so far, but she saved every penny because uh, she's only been at it for a couple of weeks, which really means, you know, a couple of weeks of weekends, which really boils down to pretty much one night in effect. Uh, and so Child Bride says to me, she says, do you know what your little girl did today and where I was driving her to and from. And to make the promised long story short, uh, or the promised short story not long, here's what I learned. And I submit it as the most compelling evidence I have had thus far in my uh simple life. The most compelling evidence I have to submit to you, the jury, you, in support of one claim that I have not been a total failure as a father. Now, when you hear the punchline, you will say, well, you didn't do anything. And you're right. Except, I'm not sure if you think that you're right that I didn't do anything. I mean, I didn't do anything. It's right. But on the other hand, I think maybe I had something to do with it. Somewhere along the DNA chain, somewhere along those moments of waking and crying and pooping and colic and bruising knees and burning dinner and 
turning off the football game in the last 30 seconds because there was a bug we had to chase. I don't know. My child bride said to me, your daughter approached me this morning when she learned about the shooting in Dallas. And she went out and got her secret old shoebox that I gave her with her babysitting money in it. And she said, Mommy, would you help me with something? I want to make cards. I want to hand make uh, cards with, I want to hand make some ribbons and whatever I can do. I want to hand make some cards and ribbons and stuff. And I want to use my my babysitting money to go to one of the local farm stands or, and, and get and buy fresh cut flowers. And, uh, and I want to bring them to the three local police stations that are our local quote unquote police stations where we live where our travel and business and home sort of intersect all three jurisdictions, more or less. One more than the other two, but still. Um, and I've been friendly with many of these police officers for years. And uh, again, I didn't know anything about this. And and so that's what she did. She She spent hours making these cards and ribbons and putting them together and making sure everyone signed them and make sure they were lovingly and properly done. And then she spent her meager babysitting money to go buy flowers, tied up with ribbons, and brought to three local police stations to the duty officer who was ever on right around shift change on Saturday. That would have been, I think, around 4 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, the call cards all said something like this. We love you and join you in mourning the loss of your brother officers. We are so grateful for what you do every day to protect us. And we love and support you. The, sev- the severance. And that's how she spent the most money she's ever earned uh, or saved, <laughs> you know, which is a kind of a miracle in and of itself for a you know, 15 year old. And, uh, and I came home after grumbling about, you know, how tough my day was and learned that that's, uh, that's what my girls had been up to. And so, as I say, I wouldn't call it compelling evidence, and I'm not even sure if I can claim it directly, but I'm going to try. I submit to you that evidence to other than my family, the only other jury that matters to me, you, uh, in, in support of the claim that I have not been a total, at least not a total disaster as a father. 
and I wanted you to know. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. With his partners, the best and brightest thereon, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. Okay, uh, quickly to partners on the phone, but very much more quickly, let me offer you breaking news, which does not, cannot possibly reflect selfishly on me, even remotely. Uh, and <clears throat> I suppose you could chastise me for not opening the program with this. So chastise away, silently or otherwise. You have the number. You have the hot chastise line if you need it. Yes, it's the hot chastise line. 978-XXX-XXX. Yes. Uh, Breaking, breaking, from around the world, across the nation, and up your street. Breaking news. Donald Trump is said to have picked Indiana Governor Mike Pence. Donald Trump is said to have selected, finally, Indiana Governor Mike Pence as his running mate. Uh... Guru Doug Schoen, uh, the smartest political mind alive, and uh, as you know, one of my... See, I did manage to make it somehow very remotely reflect on me. Uh, Doug Schoen, the smartest political guy in the world, and one of my uh, very best friends uh, in my lifetime. Uh, Last night predicted this during his regular gig with Harris Faulkner, and uh, uh, Pat Cadell and John LeBoulier on uh, Fox. He said that Mike Pence would be the choice. And at that moment, I believed it to be so only because I know that no one has better judgment than Doug. But you see, this has nothing to do with judgment. If Doug is willing to go on national television and make a prediction put his name on it and say tomorrow you will learn that or that this week but tomorrow you will learn that Donald Trump has chosen his running mate that means Doug knows as aforementioned he's no foo he is no foo and uh generally speaking those not foos are not in the business of putting their names on predictions with any particularity unless they you know, kind of know. So 
I don't mean to hang Doug out to dry, my dear friend Doug there, and he is a dear friend, as I've uh, described to you many times during our years together. We are as close as two heterosexual men can be. We uh, have for many years shared uh, New York Ranger hockey tickets, season tickets. That's as close as two straight men can be. And uh, I hope for Doug's sake he's right. I don't know if for the nation's sake I hope he's right. I don't know what Pence does. We'll talk about that. But all I have to offer you now so I don't further delay our partners on the phone is to tell you that a number now of people, starting with Doug Schoen last night and then this afternoon Fox and a few others, have predicted that Governor Mike Pence of Indiana will be Donald Trump's running mate. I would be most interested to learn what you think of this and whether you think it's going to make uh, a difference, and if so, a big difference, a tiny difference, some difference in between, whether or not Trump with this choice, if it is so, whether Trump is going for a a choice within the bounds of the classic calculus. Uh, You go for uh, demography, geography, and ideology. That's the basis on which vice presidents, running mates, have always been chosen. Demography, geography, ideology. You get at least one solidly nailed down. Two is sweet. Three is sweet. And Jim from Minnesota is next. Jim, welcome back. Hey, how you doing? How's it going today, Jay? Uh, fine, thank you. I, and I don't mind it took you a couple seconds to try and recall who it was you were calling today. But it's okay. Nothing okay. personal. <laughs> I talked to Buck today too, so I had to get my, I had to, you know, think about it, make sure that I was I had the right. Well, that's first. okay. At least by the end, if not at the beginning, at least by the end of the conversation, it will be clear to you which conversation was which. I promise. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, I was calling in uh, as far as I was uh, involved in the uh, this weekend. I was keeping an eye on uh, what was going on with the Black Lives Matter as far as uh, the protest after the uh, shooting in uh, Falcon Heights, Minnesota. And uh, we had, uh, they shut down I-94 totally. We had reporters that actually reported, uh, as far as uh, saying, I wonder if they got a, uh, a what is it, as far as permission to actually uh, protest on I-94. Like, that's how dumb not. we have them up here. Oh, yeah. Of course not. But anyway, that's what the Rotary Club does. Fireworks. That's what, the, I know, that's what I know. the Lions do. The Chamber of Commerce does that. Before they, the Junior mm-hmm. Chamber of Commerce does. The JCs do that before they uh, protest uh, a hike right. in the uh, the lube job cost up at Kelly's on the corner. They, you know, it, it, law-abiding people do that. Right. I'm on the phone. I'll be right with you. Sorry about that. I uh, would hope you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm at the customer's customer's house. So All right. I will right, listen. But would you like? Okay. To hold well, anyway, uh, so hold? they were shooting off. Okay. Why don't you hold and let us come okay. back to you, and we'll take a okay. new shot at this. We'll do take two. Okay. All right? Yeah, All right. No don't problem. go away. Jim from Minnesota is going to gather his thoughts, which include 
a full recollection of which network uh, and which host he is calling and for what purpose. And I predict to you this will be of material benefit to all of us. I, I, I predict. See, I now Doug made a prediction. I want to make one. I predict the quality of our telephonic intercourse is about to go up, up, up as soon as we come back and Jim recalls who he's speaking to and why. Don't tell me I don't know how to run a radio show. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. And John is back from Michigan. John, welcome back. Actually, it's Jim from Minnesota. Gotcha, didn't I? Gotcha. Yeah, I got you. I think you figured you were pulling with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jim has Jim has husbanded his precious resources, i.e., his time during the break, to recall who he's calling and why. And uh, of this, we are about to be the beneficiaries. Partner, it's yours. Oh, yeah. No problem. Well, anyway, Jay, I was, uh, you know, watching this weekend. Of course, we had the uh, shooting up in, uh, of the uh, black gentleman as far as up in uh, Falcon Heights, Minnesota, which is a predominantly white community. And uh, then, of no. course, proceeded to, yes, yes, yes. And it proceeded to a protest uh, at the governor's mansion. And, of course, the governor, uh, he I guess all the video, and he was moved by emotion, and he uh, called the police. Uh, like that, you know, that if he, the guy was white, they, they would have never, you know, fi- uh, yeah. fired upon him. And uh, then, of course, they proceeded hey, Jim, from there. To I, I don't mean to suggest that these are sure. uh, connected in any way, but you know, the very oh, yeah. first thing I heard about this, the gathering of the uh, mob, if you will, around the governor's mm-hmm. mansion, and mm-hmm. I was thinking. Just you know, it was when this was first reported, it was very okay. early or late, depending on how you want to look at it. Eastern, yeah, late. Eastern time, yeah. East Coast time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I heard it on the BBC, and oh, wow. they actually had uh, not their own reporter, but someone there, you know, acting in an affiliate capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was someone with NPR. Big surprise, but anyway, they said, and a very vocal crowd is gathering around the governor's mansion, which is in a upscale suburban neighborhood. And I was just thinking, you know how when uh, recently at a Trump uh, concert, (laughs) I think they're concerts more than rallies, when at a Trump concert recently, the crowd poured out of there and started to uh, beat white people nearly to death uh, for that Mm -hmm. reason. And the police, yep. as you may recall, did nothing because they were so uh, hideously outnumbered. Now, that's not, mm-hmm. I'm not defending it. I'm just stating 
that was the uh, their claimed purpose in not directly responding. There was nothing we could do. There were four of us on bicycles. There were 400 of them with bricks, bats, chains, knives, guns for all we knew, and they started beating people unconscious. And the first thing that occurred mm-hmm. to me, Jim, when I heard this was, how would you like to be the governor sitting in your bedroom at 2 in the morning and looking out the window and seeing a mob and realizing that your state police personal detachment security consisted of one guy who was in your kitchen drinking coffee. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, yeah. it's a sobering thought. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So anyway, uh, they proceeded from the government's mansion uh, out on I-94, which they weren't supposed to go. Uh, but uh, then they uh, formed up the lines on the freeway. Of course, all the all the traffic was stopped, and uh, they were even on a you know a pedestrian walkway, and they over, almost overloaded the thing. And uh, they were throwing uh, you know whatever they could find at the police, you know from above, and then they were launching uh, bottle rockets into them. Uh, and, uh, you know, eventually, of course, the police moved in, and that's when the Molotov cocktail... In other words, uh, they were expressing, they were eloquently expressing their position on civil rights. For sure, for sure. Very peaceful writers. Just wanted to make sure, (laughs) yeah, okay. So, anyway, of course, it was shut down at 3 p.m., and our local media, of course, you know, covered it like, you know, these guys are uh, wonderful civil rights... uh, um, folks and uh you know that they were hanging on every uh, everything they could get and of course they asked them if they cared about you know shutting down traffic on i-94 and i guess their response from their uh the consensus was hell no like you know it's we're more important yeah there's a major surprise also when (laughs) when bbc covers it which is exactly the same way npr covers it but it's more shocking mm-hmm. when you're hearing it from overseas, right? Because I'm 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 listening to this from right. London. I'm, I'm right. hearing the broadcast, which is originating from London, and people, literally, mm-hmm. the largest radio audience in the world at any given moment is BBC World Service. So mm-hmm. I am listening to this with people on all the other continents around the world, and the one person they stick in the story, you know, the formatics of a story is okay. Now we're going to go. To, to you know Joe Blow, who is in whereverville, USA, and he's going to tell us what's happening. And so he goes and he tells us what's happening, and then he finishes by including a demonstrator. Like the only other sound in the spot in this radio piece was a protester screaming about what a racist criminal the governor is and how all they oh, yeah. want is justice. Then they go back to the reporter, and the reporter wraps the piece by saying, and you just heard it, all they want is justice. Back to you in London. Uh, it, mm. it defies belief. Yeah. Yeah, I love the uh, one that Crowder did, uh, you know, as far as uh, with one of the BBC, what was it, I think it was Sky News, and uh, he was uh, trying to say that, you know, uh, we were using you know, using machine guns for the shooting uh, down in uh, right. Orlando at the nightclub. Oh, that was right. just wonderful. <laughs> Shannon Bream actually 
and I give her credit for this because I've never, uh, I like Shannon very much. Uh, given the opportunity, I, I would like her even more. But uh, Shannon Bream on Fox actually went out of her way last night, I believe it was, uh, interviewing Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. She was sitting in, I believe, for Brett Baer uh, on the Brett Baer Report, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, the best news hour in television. And mm-hmm. uh, Jesse Jackson kept making references like that one uh, to which you just alluded about machine guns. And Shannon Breen mm-hmm. who happens to be a lawyer, though one needn't be in order to make this observation. She said, well, of course, Reverend, they 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 couldn't be shotguns. They're, you know, I mean, no one has shot. I'm sorry. They couldn't be machine guns. No one has machine right. guns. Uh, you know, not just because they're illegal, just because you can't really get them. And they've been illegal mm-hmm. since 1934. And, you know, no one, I don't think there's been a case of an arrest of someone with a machine gun since 1934. And then he mm-hmm. just is, well, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, just like the, also, he was claiming that, uh, he could bring down a, uh, airplane with a AR. Yes. That was the same piece. That was the same piece. That's right. Now, I don't know that that's untrue. Every uh, knowledgeable shooter. Well, again, it makes it sound like a congressional delegation, but the knowledgeable shooters with whom uh, I'm engaged on a regular basis uh, tell me that one of the reasons I ought to frustrate my ambitions uh, to get an AR-15 for home protection is that the bullet is likely to stop in the next county. And, you know, that's not what I want. So I don't know. Could an AR-15? I mean, my kid was on a, a boat, little boat tour around Boston Harbor the other night with her school, and, and apparently a landing plane at Logan Airport in Boston, you know, probably came within, it was probably 500 feet up there on final, final approach and mm-hmm. i don't know could an ar-15 a lucky shot bring down a well like i said if it hit the pilot but of course then you have a co-pilot as a backup <laughs> but, uh... right what about the blade what about the uh you know blades uh in the uh, one of the engines especially on a final approach i know we're talking well, about yeah. devils and angels on the head I of know. a pin sorry i i, I don't know. yeah i don't know It'd be highly unlikely, in my opinion. Jim, I thank I you for at least one of us has a definitive uh, position here today, even though it didn't sound like you'd be the one when we started. I thank Jim from Minnesota. The number here is one triple eight. I apologize for my voice, a little bit, a uh, little bit scratchy. Is it today? One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. The breaking political news is actually bigger than the breaking political news. But the breaking political news is that, well, it's a breaking political rumor. And that is that Donald Trump has decided, has settled on a running mate, and it is Indiana Governor Mike Pence. Now, Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners, and thank you for my job. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. The reason I have most to believe that Donald Trump may have selected a running mate and that if he has done so, it is Mike Pence of Indiana is because Democrat pollster genius Doug Schoen says so. I mean, and I mean that. I mean, that, that's that would be the number one reason I, if if I believe it or to what degree I'm inclined to believe it, that would be why, because uh, Doug says so. But I don't yet know if it's true. And as the evening goes on, I do know this. Uh, I know it's being reported that, and this is standard stuff. You know, you say, oh, it's a leak. Yeah, it's a leak. All right. <laughs> it's, it's what we call a planned leak. And of course, there is no such thing as a planned leak. So you know what that means. This is a planned or this has the appearances of being a planned leak. Because the story I'm hearing is that a few news sources, starting with Fox, and again, starting with Doug, because if Doug knows, Doug would have told Mr. Ailes and the people at Fox, right? He wouldn't keep that to himself. Uh, he would he would tell them. But in any case, if Doug Schoen knows or claims to know, and if Fox is now claiming to know, <clears throat> which are pretty good reasons to think it may, may be true, then you have to start thinking, uh, okay, why? What does he get? And with that question exactly, Jenny tweeted a few moments ago, okay, so what does he bring to the table either than the fact that he said yes? Jenny, I would just caution you in the flower of your lovely youth, such as you are, don't forget that to a fellow, yes, the utterance of that single syllable, depending on its timing, and I would suggest to you Saturday, 2 a.m., if you were to hear the single syllable utterance, yes, it could be the sweetest, most eloquent speech you have ever heard that involves yourself. Uh, so, yes, that could be part of it. He said yes. But I'm going to try and take this seriously, though, only for a moment, and say, if it's Mike Pence, what does Trump get? Well, first you have to get me over the hump. See what I did there? You have to get me over the hump uh, named Trump. You have to get me over the hump that it matters at all, no matter who it is. St. John the Baptist, you have to get me over the hump that it matters no matter who it would be. Let's assume we've done that, or let's say that you call one 3393 one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. I see we have just seventeen lines open, so this would be your your shot. Uh, if we get over that Trump hump, and you persuade me it matters, 
Why Pence? What does he bring? Well, by standard calculus, uh, Jen, he brings a little of all three of the of the, uh, the composition of the standard calculus. And again, the standard calculus is you look for the right demography. That would be gender, ethnicity, skin color, sexual orientation, you know, etc. So you'd look for demography that helps the ticket, either because it agrees with you or because it doesn't and you need the diversity. Okay, so you're looking for demography. You're looking for geography in the uh, College of Cardinals there you know, on Election Day. You have to remember the Electoral College, and you have to remember geography. If you are from Massachusetts and your name is John Kennedy, you might do the unimaginable and pick Lyndon Johnson of Texas to be your running mate. Okay? Or the final one uh, is ideology. If you are seen as a little too liberal, maybe you pick someone a little too conservative or vice versa. What does Pence bring, if he brings? Tell me. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest, this is about as great as it gets for geeks such as we. For such as we hover, hover like a spider, like from Gone with the Wind. We'd be sitting there just like a spider waiting to strike. And what's happening is the Republican National Convention opens in a few days. It's going to be a Hollywood production. Hollywood, Hollywood Squares. And, well, maybe it won't. But... For Donald Trump, oh, and America, it had better be something very much like it, or it's lights out. Very toss. Welcome back, best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. Uh, You are, as aforesaid, the best in radio. And that's why we are so very comfortable together. And did I mention modest? We are the Blaze Radio Network. We have a telephone number. 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. You know, and if this weren't so serious... It would be very funny in the way that um, vomit and passing gas is funny. You know, like Animal House funny. Because you have to admit, I mean, if you, if you harbor, if, if ever you've harbored, and if 
harbor still ye a, to be honest, a sense of humor which renders the passing of gas and vomiting at inappropriate times on inappropriate people. I mean, come on. I don't care who you are. That stuff's funny. Uh, just because be, maybe I'm because I'm a guy. I, I don't know. But see, it could be that kind of funny if it weren't like the food poisoning kind of yuck. Yak. And that's what this is. This is food poisoning kind of yak. It's not funny at all. You, you want to know the best argument in the world for gun control? Food poisoning. Because if you've ever had either a gun or food poisoning, you would gladly use your gun on yourself rather than live another minute with food poisoning. And when I, when I, when I look at this, when I look at the Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, when I look at, and that's something we still have a considerable amount of time, I think, to discuss. But one Chiron title in particular hit me this afternoon, and that was Dallas police are asked to de-escalate tension. The police! The police who were slaughtered the police who were marked for assassination with gruesome irony, but blocks from the Dealey Plaza location, which brought down President Kennedy in the same city. The Dallas police have been asked to de-escalate tension. What? did they do de-escalate tension okay how about instead we deconstruct that sentence dallas police asked to de-escalate tension okay okay dallas police you ready we want you to de-escalate we want you to lessen we want you to diminish the violent tension that exists there in Dallas. Now, how do you imagine they would go about that? I have an idea. I would send out the Dallas SWAT team with photographs of uh, known felons on which there are wants and warrants and, and say, fellas, have a good day. Good luck. Protect yourselves. Come home safe. Are you kidding me? The police are being asked to de-escalate the violence? Which, Which absurd sentiment suggests that they created it. Obviously, anyone being asked to de-escalate or diminish, turn the dial down on violence... Whoever is saying that believes, ipso facto, that the police had a hand in creating 
and sustaining the violence are is really have people lost their minds i need a drink of water here pardon me the police yes you bad police you naughty naughty boys you should de-escalate the violence people have lost their minds We live in the age of this punchline. For those of you who have heard it before, I apologize, but come on, admit it. You don't mind hearing it again as long as I keep it short. Some music awards, primetime music awards, network broadcast last year, Miley Cyrus comes out and performs a very persuasive rendition of serial sex with a number of men. I think they were men. It it looks as if this was a population of samples drawn from the ark. And, and, and she goes out and, as I say, uh, performs a persuasive uh, faux rendition of uh, serial sex to the point that it's it's beyond graphic it's beyond and when i say that of course i mean given that it's network television uh, so i'm using relative terms here there wasn't there wasn't uh frontal nudity nor was there noodle frontity but we got very very close to beyond that and i'm sitting there watching with my young family And I had assented to this show because I figured, hey, it's Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock. How bad can this thing be? You know, Daddy, can we watch the Rock Music Awards or the MTV? It wasn't. No, you know what? I'm sorry. This is an important point. It wasn't MTV. It It was broadcast on one of the three major broadcast networks. And that's still an important line. Their standards are still different. Not good, but still different than, say, we're at MTV. And I'm looking at the screen, and I'm absolutely mortified. Mortified! And my children are in the room. I mean, not to mention my child bride. And I'm thinking, what can I do? Like, I'm looking like a gunslinger. I'm looking out of the corner of my eye, like, is is the... remote near me can i like uh, (laughs) cough and fall on it and change the channel is there anything i can do here to get out of this moment and so i start to look around the room and i look at my firstborn at that time a 13 or 14 year old girl and she looks at me as though she's been expecting this and pretty obviously she has She's been waiting for our eyes to meet. I looked around the room and it's like I was mortified. I was probably crimson. I didn't, I didn't, what do I do here? It's one of those moments, you know, they don't tell you how to do this. And I looked around and I, and our eyes met. And really it was if, if this were a movie, it would be a great movie scene. It was if daddy, what do you, finally, finally you looked at me. What have you been waiting for? And our eyes met, 
And my little girl, my little girl looks at me and says, and, 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 and as if patting me on the shoulder, there, there should have been like an accompanying physical action here to soothe me. She was like, as if patting me on the shoulder, but she was on the other side of the room. So she, she, she couldn't reach out and, and pat me on the shoulder or chuck me under the chin. And she looked me right in the eye far less embarrassed than I and looked at me and said, twerking dada, as if she knew I was searching as I was, I was searching for some context. I was searching for a definition. I wanted to know what this was and how it could happen in my living room with my children watching. And she looked me square in the eye, not being, she wasn't being a wise guy. She wasn't being, she was being as sweet as possible, but as self-confident as you can be and looked me right in the eye and said, twerking, dada. It's, they call it, they call it twerking. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show. I may have made a mistake. I just tweeted this out for correction. I have a, a tweet from uh, R. Ray Guns, and uh, I wrote back. Uh, well, I don't know how he or she is presenting today, but I, I somehow have the impression that it's kind of a guy, but. I, uh, he, she was insinuating that the show that I was talking about might be one with which he, she was familiar and that I'm wildly, uh, inaccurate in suggesting that it wasn't family entertainment. And I wrote back, maybe it was you, not Miley. Do you, do you play the stand up organ? It could it it could it could have been he 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 or she, I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out by and by. Dennis from the great state of Arizona. Yes, sir. How are you today? First I'm well, time thank caller. You. Thank you good, very much. Good. Hey, you brought up the subject of Mike Pence with uh, our our favorite Mr. Donald Trump, and I was definitely Cruz supporter. Broke my heart. Hey, Dennis, is there a reason? Yeah. It, are you speaking to us from the space station? I Yeah, I probably could be speaking to you from a space station. I actually called my cell phone, and I'm in my truck making deliveries out here. Uh, hopefully this will work better for you. Oh, that was much, much better. Much okay, better. Good deal. All yeah. right. Go, well, go anyways, like I said, I was a, uh, a avid Cruz supporter. Broke my heart. I've, I've actually lost all enthusiasm after he has left us. Uh, but with this Mike Pence thing, now I would think that Donald Trump, if he really had some smarts about him, he might offer a vice presidentship to Carly Fiorina, uh, bringing that uh, all us people who are broken hearted would 
probably would embrace that quite a quite a bit because I am so torn with Donald I made, Trump. Uh, it's, I made the guess, so. um, not not a hard prediction, but I offered mm-hmm. the uh, the soft prediction of Carly about three months ago, and I explained why in in ten seconds or less. It's because when you think about the things that she would bring that are different and good and what he might need, that she seems to, you know, fit that bill pretty well. And I right. I kind of still think that. Uh, but I guess, I mean, if it's true, and that's why I don't want to waste your time on it until it happens, but if it's Pence, Dennis, you know what that means. That means that that's going to tell us a lot because it's going mm-hmm. to tell us that Trump has bought in to something that's going to mean a lot of other things. If if Trump right. were to pick Newt, for instance, that would tell us a lot. And and I want it to be Newt. I'm I'm I want you know I'm I'm up front with this. I love Newt. I want mm-hmm. it to be Newt. And I think Newt fills better the bill than anybody else as to the argument that you need someone that knows how Congress works. You need right. someone that knows how the institutions work, that have that has an institutional relationship with Washington, not such that he's a rhino or she is a rhino, but such that you can say, look, you know, this this guy knows how it works, knows how the machinery works up here. I admittedly don't. So, so Donald would say, but clearly this person does, and they have to be conservative enough for you, you know, and otherwise be a good bulldog and a good second man and uh, whether a man or a woman, all of that. For all of those reasons, I was I was hoping, still am hoping, until I learn otherwise, there's a chance it will be uh, Newton. Uh, but I regard Mike Pence as a poor man's Newt Gingrich. And I, I just don't right. think I'm not saying he'd be a bad choice, but if you're going to go, if you're going to go shopping in that department, it seems to me where you'd want to shop would be for Newt Gingrich. But what right. do I know? Right. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking because of a female is Carly very conservative. You know, yes. was going to be yes. with with uh, our boy Ted. So. You know, no, I agree. Well, I, 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 yeah. I, I think Carly has been a, a fundamentally sound choice uh, for a lot of reasons and remains so for Trump. Um, you, you run into the question, and I've already heard it being bandied about, would this seem a weak choice for Trump because it's so obviously a makeup choice? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like a kiss and yep. makeup. I really don't hate women, and I'm going to prove it by choosing a woman kind of thing. Right. I don't know. I don't right. know. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what we'll see. We uh, Well, my so. job is to tell you what we shall see, and that's why I'm feeling a little <laughs> bit weak at the moment because I well, ought to be able to tell you we'll today. Keep listening. All right. Well, Dennis, thank you. Please call back. I appreciate the call. It's a thoughtful call. And for all of us, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't, the, the, the time I most hate electronic media is when someone says, well, it'll be interesting or, well, 
We'll see. I, I just want to like, I want to eat their eyeballs when I, when they, because it makes my, my teeth hurt when people say that. You're sitting in that seat because you're supposed to tell me what's going to happen tomorrow or do a reasonable facsimile thereof. And that's what you pay me to do is to tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. Now, I can't, you know, if, if it turns out to be Mike Pence, maybe I've done my job. But all I did was steal that from uh, Fox News. And uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm so unenthusiastic about Mike Pence. Maybe I will grow to fall deeply, deeply, deeply in love with him. But at the moment, my question would be, what does Mike Pence bring you that Newt Gingrich does not bring you far better? Uh, and, I mean, Newt Gingrich lights up the room, and he just checks every, you know, every checks every dot on that ticket that you need to check. And I don't know, Mike Pence is not known to the nation the way Newt is. Now, some people would say, good, good, you know, people don't like Newt. Well, some people don't, but they're not going to vote for you anyway. You know, you're going to, what are you going to, how many months do you have to introduce to the nation Mike Pence? You don't need two hours to do it with Newt. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. Is the Jay Severin Show. Best and brightest. I'm Jay Severin, 1 Caleb writes, and he is prolific, if sometimes misguided, unless I misunderstand you, Caleb, but we'll let bygones be bygones for the moment. Caleb writes, I probably feel that way because anything that has to do with Trump makes everyone realize, you know, here comes more nausea. Uh, And maybe that's it. I was thinking, really, I was, earlier today that none of us has seen a race like this before. And I've been paying close and keen attention, having founded my fifth grade civics club and newspaper. Skip, did I ever mention that before on air? Good. I'm glad I take this opportunity then to mention it. I've been paying close attention, and we've not seen a race like this before. And I look at Trump, and I I realize that it's kind of like someone had a saying back in junior high, like, kiss me, baby, nothing makes me sick. And I kind of feel, no offense to Donald, I expect to be voting for him. Uh, But I do remember an old saying like, kiss me, baby, nothing makes me sick. And I look at the numbers, and two things about the numbers are remarkable as of this moment. One is that, though Trump is doing nothing to help himself, I mean, I have never offered lower odds 
on Trump than I'm offering today. His campaign sucks. He, the, now you, now listen to this, please, because there's honest, there's honest and good knowledge in what I'm about to say. One of the ways that he is badly screwing this up is audio. When Trump gives a teleprompter speech like he did today, he invariably gives it before a very small group and all his applause lines are, yay, yay. It sounds like there are eight people in the room. It's sucky. It sounds awful. It sounds weak. And the Clinton people at least know enough that if you're going to put her in a room, it's got to be a big room. But the other thing they know is, They have audio. Now, whether they're sweetening it, as we say in the business, whether they're mixing in uh, an existing track of applause, I don't know. But when Hillary gives a speech and she gets to her punchlines, her applause lines, it sounds like she's speaking at the Roman Colosseum during the time of Rome. It's impressive. It's loud. It sounds like you can't see the crowd, but it sounds like there are 100,000 people there at the Coliseum, cheering her on. And when Trump speaks, it's like, yay, oh, yay. They're screwing this up horribly, and that is Politics 101. I had interns that worked for me that knew this 25 years ago. And see, I don't have time for this, and you don't have time for this. Our country doesn't have time for this. The basics of how you make a campaign rally sound impressive, that's something that people on their first campaign ought to notice and to fix. I don't have time for that shite. You don't have time for that shite. I repeat, our nation doesn't have time for that shite. And he's got no money. No one knows that yet. No one wants to listen. Trump has no money. And uh Hillary is killing him with paid attack ads in swing states. Uh, that's Those are the states where they particularly enjoy listening to Benny Goodman uh, with a glass of wine at night. Uh, she's killing him in the swing states with, with uh, attack ads. He can't respond in kind because he has no money and he won't go raise it. And then there are his friends. Friends, with friends like this, who needs enemas? Tomorrow, George Bush Jr., Jr., the president, Jr., is going to appeal at a multi-denominational gumbaya religious ceremony in Dallas uh, for the police officers, which is in and of itself, an obviously excellent thing. Politically, it's a dead moose thing. You could fill in the rest of the words. It's dead moose time. I mean, with friends like this, Trump doesn't need enemas. It's what he really needs right now, Trump, really needs is to have George Bush Jr. with his arms around Obama at a rally tomorrow. And then the very next thing that you and I see is Obama with his arms. Well, he's got 
a long wingspan, but not that wide. He can't get his arms around Hillary Clinton. Are you kidding me? But the next thing we're going to see is Obama chumming it up with Hillary. And all of that rubs off. All of that rubs off. You essentially have George Bush Jr. campaigning for Obama, who's campaigning for Hillary. And what you've got is George Bush Jr. doing a Presbyterian vendetta. This is as close as Protestants get to vengeance. This is, this is like the Godfather Presbyterian version. So George Bush Jr. is going to help, well, he's going to hurt Trump by appearing with Obama, who appears with Hillary, which therefore hurts Trump. Again, with friends like this, he doesn't need enemas. He's got all of this going on, almost nothing going on for him except that great we-don't-know factor, which means he could beat anybody with the we-don't-know factor. But that I, that convention next week better be a barn burner. Uh, although to men of the earth to whom things like barn fires are not lightly mentioned, is Rock A, senior partner of the firm Blaze and Blaze. Hey, my... Rocky, what hey, up, baby? Hey, my, fr- hey, my friend Jay. Um, I, I've waited again till the end. Um, no, you didn't. I, I just I talked had... too long. But you've got the, you've got the rest of it. Um, I had two different topics, and I think uh, I'd save the Hillary email topic for another time. Um, right. I want to go where where you kind of are. Uh, you know, I'm back in that feeling where, you know, I feel much better since I've given up all hope. I just can't see anything <laughs> good coming out of this election. I mean, if if we go to the convention and they should decide to not pick Trump the Trump train is not going to be on board, and we lose. And if they go to the convention and they pick Trump, the never-Trumpers are not going to vote for him, and we lose. And then we have this criminal Folks, Hillary. People, people, listen carefully to Rock A, because he's giving us some hard truth here. It, 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 what Rocky has said is absolutely true. If we go to the convention, the convention unites behind Trump, we're going to lose a lot of people, like women and others. If we go to the convention and we do not unite and we disunite behind Trump, we're going to lose all the Trumpers. And right now, the Rules Committee is meeting. Right now, the Rules Committee is meeting, and there is this major effort afoot to free the delegates, quote-unquote, as you know, Rocky. And the idea behind that is to try and, and vaporize the 150-year-old rule that says delegates are bound to their uh, winning candidate, so to speak, on the first ballot. They're going to try to vaporize that and let everyone vote their conscience, quote-unquote, on the first ballot, which is going to be anarchy and loss. And probably everybody out there knows that we have, there's so many of us that have no love for Trump at all, but I, I mean... Seriously, I, matter of fact, Jenny just posted an article. Our friend Jenny posted an article, and it's yes. some guy making an argument that um, electing Hillary Clinton is better for the conservative 
cause because Trump won't stay conservative, which there's some truth to, but we're almost surely going to lose a justice, a Supreme Court justice, and maybe two, and how are we going to recover from that? Uh, You know, we've already discovered with Obamacare that the Supreme Court can override legislation. I mean, we're we're really in a no-win scenario here. I'm not sure no-win, but Tough to see how win, I grant you. How about, how about, how about dismal? It looks yeah. very dismal. Like, like pepto dismal is what we yeah. call it in the medical profession. Rock, let me break so we don't get too chopped up here. Um, okay. Rocky will be right on the other side. I'm Jay Severin. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, Rocky. I hope has stuck with us. Rocky, I, I, I'm not going to talk about this now because you're here and I don't want to take from your time, but Jenny has written in and a couple other people have written in. I want to be clear on this. You know, the rules binding delegates to their who won them on the first round. You know, is that absolutely real? Yes. Is it absolutely unreal? Yes. It's both. The fact is state committees make their own unenforceable rules and you do what your county state committee chairman tells you to do period or you don't period but anyway go ahead Rob. sure no that's great um i wanted to like uh just i wanted to talk about the emails previously so i just want to hit on a couple bullets that i did before and maybe sure. the best and brightest or you can uh rock you're sounding very uh, faint Oh, sorry. Is this better? Yes, thank you. Hello? Okay. Yes. Uh, better. Thank so you. Uh, in, the, in the line of questioning, when they had that, what they call it, emergency session to talk with Comey, have him testify, they asked right. him if, if she lied. He said yes. They also asked him, did you put her under oath? She said no. Or he said no. <laughs> it's like you said, they're having tea and crumpets, and it was all like right. not even official. <laughs> Uh, and did she lie when she testified earlier? Yes. Did you question her regarding regarding lying to Congress? No. Why not? Because nobody asked me. And then the guy right. says, "Well, we'll have that by close of business." Yeah, in right. That line right. Of question, and that's the key. That of, that's the key. Yeah. If anything, can consider them qu- to make Comey reconsider his because there's nothing official about Comey's recommendation. Comey hasn't filed right. any papers. Right. Comey's held a news but, conference. He didn't do anything. But he can, you know, using, you know there's no official language. recommendation on the board on the table in the record right now at all. Comey could still do whatever you, he wants to do. So sure. maybe you, that's what he was always hoping for. Using language and logic, using the Socratic method, has he not already testified to Congress that she lied before Congress? And that makes her guilty of perjury. I think I heard no, you say this before. No, 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 no. His, Rocky, his precise answer on did she lie, 
he said, not to the FBI. Now, but, what makes that a conundrum that and an incomplete answer was <laughs> for never, reasons you cited. And that's when Jason Chavitz said she did not lie to the FBI. Okay. Did she lie to Congress? I don't know. Yes. Oh, okay. She, she, it, I, I took that as, did she lie when she testified earlier? I took No, the only thing he was doing calisthenics to avoid doing was to talk to more than the most narrow lawyerly point that he could, which is, did she lie to the FBI? Not that I know of. But did she lie to Congress? Did she commit felony perjury right. to Congress? Right. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what kind of an investigation do you do from Comey's point of view that you don't put her under oath? A... <laughs> Cheap, crack, whore, political uh, investigation is what kind. And I'll repeat what I said uh, last time I talked to you. I can't find a bit of difference of criminal negligence and extremely careless, given what there she's done. None. That's him dancing around the words. Plus, why is he recommending anyways? Of course you're right. When you're... When your 16-year-old daughter leaves the new puppy in the backseat of the car in August with the windows rolled up and goes to the mall with her friends for two hours and the puppy dies, she has been extremely careless. If she does the same thing with a baby, she's guilty of criminally negligent homicide. There is no difference in the act. There is no difference in the substance of the commission. There is only a difference in you know, how old you are and whether it was a puppy you know, or a child. And in this case, you know, there's no difference. Rocky, uh, you did call right. I just blabbed a little bit. Call earlier next time you can. Best and brightest. Love you. Here tomorrow. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.